Blog Talk Radio. Well, praise the Lord. And welcome to Blog Talk Radio here on LiveDeliverance.com on Blog Talk Radio. Uh, my name is Pastor Steve Lee, and I'll be your host for the next hour or so. If you're listening to us via the simulcast during the hours of the 9 o'clock p.m. and 11 o'clock p.m. here on Monday evenings, we're so glad to have you. But if you're listening to us on any other social media platforms or during any other times of the week, please contact us here at LiveDeliverance.com and give us the times, dates, and locations or platforms that you're listening to us on. Although we would love to proliferate the airways, we must do it legally, ethically, and in righteousness. If you hear any of our content through any other means, it is a result of Internet piracy and copyright infringement. And all those who participate in any Internet piracy can be prosecuted by federal agents. Now, having said all that, now we can get to the business of the kingdom. So go ahead and get a pen and some paper so that if you have any questions or comments about the ministry tonight, when we get to the end of the broadcast, we'll give you an opportunity to ask those questions or make those comments. So now if you would just join your hearts with me in the word of prayer. Father, I ask you to speak to me so that I can hear. Awaken me the mind of Christ. Open my eyes that I might behold wondrous things out of your word. Breathe on me so that I can speak. Let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable in thy sight. Flow through me and cause me to move by your spirit. Let healing and deliverance break forth in this place, in this time, because of your spirit, your word, and your love. Live big in me. I now decrease so that you can increase. Holy Spirit, glorify Jesus in my life as I now share the living word, the bread of life. Jesus, reveal to us the Father and draw us into his presence where there is fullness of joy. Heavenly Father, quiet our hearts and minds as we allow the peace of God to rule in our lives. Cause us to grow in the grace that has appeared unto all men as you teach us how we should live in this present world. May we now awake to righteousness and slumber no more by walking in the spirit and in the fullness of his grace. As we sojourn in the land of promise, going from faith to faith and from glory to glory. You've made us more than conquerors in this life through Christ Jesus. So speak to our spirit and birth victory in our hearts and in our minds. In Jesus' name. I pray. Well, beloved, <clears throat> this is part four of the company you keep. And uh, we're going to kind of go back and revisit some of it just to bring uh, everybody up to the same place. But one of the things that you, we got to look at is to pay attention to the company that we keep. And I'm talking about the thoughts in your mind. That's the first place. And and the positions of your heart. <laughs> everything in your life, let me just say this, <laughs> everything in your life, you are the one that authorized it. Everything. Okay? If if you don't want something to be in your life, then you're going to have to uh, arrest it and separate it away from your heart. You're going to have to arrest it in your thinking. Because as a man thinketh, that's where you find the man. So you can see something that you don't like. The first thing I would 
tell you is to see how you how your thought life is. Okay, if you are are, are caught doing remembering the past over and over and over again. Okay, I'll do it that way. If you are remembering the past over and over and over again, what will happen with that exercise is you cannot go to your future. I hope you just saw that. It was real clear when I just said it. If I keep thinking about this, which was in my past, I cannot go into my future. Because, okay, when I think about the past, some of the things, the hurts that I didn't uh, want to have happen that happened, then I can get locked up because of the things that have already happened. Or if I became afraid of this, that, or the other, then because I keep thinking at it from that position, then I'm going to be locked up and won't move. I say that two things have to happen. You have to consider your thought life and the position of your heart, Okay. The position of your heart is um, gathered or made hard or, or, or pliable. It's made that way because of the way you think, okay? If you think that you can't do this or you shouldn't do this because of fear, then the things that you, the life that you're going to live is going to be the ones that your thoughts bring to you, okay? Let's do it this way. Um, your thoughts go out and collect things, align things, okay? And so then whatever uh, you align in your heart, those are the steps that you're going to walk toward. You're going to fulfill that. And, and, it, and it, 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 it works both ways. This is the, the thing that God wants you to renew your mind. That's why he wants you to do that, so that you would have new thoughts, okay, fresh thoughts, ordained thoughts, Okay? Because if you're thinking about what happened in whatever the year is, we used to say 1922, but whatever year of the pain, the place that your hurt happens and you allow that hurt to go into your heart, that's the place that you are now stunted in your growth. Okay? It's the company that you keep. See, see, my life uh, is not going to be... um, controlled by what you think, my life is going to be controlled by what I think, okay? As a man thinks in his heart, so is he. When you rehearse things over and over and over again, that becomes the tapestry that you like to see. And then when you see it, you will walk that way. You will follow after that. The devil knows that. The devil is trying to to, to paint a picture of doom and gloom all the way around the circumstance, through the circumstances in your life. Okay? Again, I state that circumstances, the definition is things circled around you, standing against you. All right? That's very good. Circled circumstances, they are encompassing you. They're going all the way around you. When you look a little to the left, you will see the same thing that you had focused on when you were facing forward because there's going to be things circled around you. Amen. That's one of the reasons, beloved. God asks us to look up. Your redemption draws not. I don't care how big or how small the circle that you put yourself in is. It doesn't matter because if I look up, The name of the Lord is a strong tower, and the righteous run in, and they are safe. Looking up puts me in the tower, the position that's elevated. 
Oh, boy. I'm hoping that you can just kind of see these things. See, because a lot of times we're looking out around us and we say that's what's stopping us from moving. Well, if you recognize that you've been made to sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus far above all principalities, powers, might, dominion, and every name that is named, not only in this world, but also the world that is to come. See, he elevated you so that he can allow you to walk above the situations, Lord Jesus, above the situations and circumstances, okay? I mean, just get this into how he's speaking it now, okay? Uh, You do remember what happened with Peter and Jesus uh, on the... um, on the walking on the water, you remember that whole thing, right? And 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 uh, as he was doing that, Peter started looking around, okay. And and when he started looking around, then the thing that that he didn't want to have happen happened. All right, let's look at this. Um, in Matthew chapter uh, fourteen, right? As this is fresh, just came in, so that we can see this. Because we, we are battling things in our mind, and because uh, we think, we lock ourselves up by what we think, okay? Because the devil doesn't have to uh, defeat you if he can cause you to think the wrong thing. Because as a man thinks, that's simply where you find the man, okay? Let's look at this. Um, Jesus had just got through doing a miracle, fed 5,000 uh, men. Women and children take the number to about 20,000. And so then um, after the miracle had been done, okay, oh, Lord. See, the reason that Jesus presents miracles, signs and wonder, signs and wonders, they are there so that we can see how to walk next, okay? Signs and wonders are an invitation. That's what the Bible says in 1 Corinthians. It says signs and wonders are an invitation. They, they, they draw men to the place where God is moving. That's why signs and wonders are there. They're there for advertisement, if you would, in the spirit. Okay? Things that, that people have given up on and, and God still comes through and gets them done. That's a miracle, an intervention of the will of God uh, into the plans and, 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 and attacks of the enemy. The plan of God, ooh, Lord Jesus, you have some good prophetic stuff here. The plan of God goes into the attack and dismantles it. Signs and wonders, miracles, okay? The plan of God goes into the situation. Whatever it is, however hard it is, the, the, the word of God goes into that situation and dismantles it, Okay? If we would allow him to do that by the way we think and the words that we say. See, we agree with him. We say, okay, good, God. And I know that you already saw it. But now I'm looking at it from your perspective instead of my perspective. Because the word of God goes into, it's supposed to go into your heart. The word of God doesn't just stop by entering into your intellect. Okay? It's in the heart of man that victory is wrong. Okay? So Jesus had just got through uh, with the miracle of 5,000 5, men being fed. And in verse 22, and then it says, and straightway Jesus constrained his disciples to get in the ship and to go before him 
unto the other side. Sometimes we forget the word that, that he sends to us or he gives us, and we become caught up in the circumstances, things circling around us, standing against us. In verse 22, Jesus told them straightway, Jesus constrained them. That means that he had conversations because if they were just so obedient, all he would have had to do is say, go. But in order to constrain them, he had to go and say, you know, I need for you to wrap this up. I need for you to go do this here. If it was me, just I'm going to put me in the picture sometimes. I would have been uh, basking about how great things God did. I want to hear all of the testimonies from all of the people that saw that, though some of them didn't know it, though, that, that saw the miracle of 5,000 men getting fed. And in verse 21, it says that um, they did eat and were, verse 20, it says, and they did eat and were filled. So, I mean, you know, just thinking about that, there's a miracle right there. Ladies and gentlemen, this is free food. Now, I don't know, maybe some people might be uh, uh, able to say, well, I'm not going to get all I can, but it said they were filled. So a lot of people probably said, yes, I'll take two more pieces, please. Because as long as they had a desire, my God, this is good. As long as they had a desire, God was there to fill. As long as they had a desire, God was there to fill. Isn't that what it says in Psalms 37? It says, delight yourself in the Lord, and then he will give you the desires of your heart. See, so when we are happy because God is doing something, we stay there and allow him to keep on doing it. He's going to do it until you are filled, until, until you are delivered. God did not set these miracles in place so that they can be a one-time action and, and then just testimony that does not have another release of power. He, he doesn't do that. He does it so that you can have an appetite for the supernatural. Come on, y'all. He wants you to build upon the last thing that he did so that you will take that faith that was released in the last thing that he did, and that will cause you to be able to go into the place where he's calling you to. He wants to do exceedingly abundantly above all that you can dare ask to think. So if I can think about what he did, that's not where he wants me to stop. He wants me to go into the exceedingly, abundantly, above all. He wants us to live there, beloved. Glory to God. He wants us to live in the supernatural. Live in the place where the expectancy of our heart can meet the favor of our God. Delight yourself also in the Lord, and he shall give you, provide for you. I, I look at that a little different, I guess, because I don't look at it as my uh, name it and claim it ticket. I look at it as because I'm delighting in him. That means I'm always knowing that my God is able, my God is ready to do the things that are necessary for me to turn whatever situation is in front of me around. He's able to do that. See, if I delight myself in him, that was the first part of the statement. Just to delight myself in him, not to just go and beg of him, but delight myself. Maybe that's the problem that we have. We don't spend much time delighting ourselves in him. Amen. Can you see that? Listen to what that just said. He said, delight thyself also in the Lord. 
So then my delight in him would be my address, wouldn't it? That would be where I live. See, that's not so that I can visit every once in a while. You know, we know those those people, they call themselves, they, they've been called CMEs, people that go to church on Christmas, Easter, and Mother Day. You know, now we don't need to be that. We, we, we need to live there, all right? And then as you live there, then your expectancy is always heightened. I can hear people say, you never know what the Lord's going to do. I understand that. But I can know what he's up to, and if I know what God is up to, then I'll know what to expect because I delight myself in him. See, as I delight in him, he said this, draw nigh unto me and I will draw nigh unto you. It's a reciprocal thing. See, I was coming home this morning, this evening, and I, I heard the scripture, you know, that, that, that I heard an explanation of a scripture. And that's it kind of I said, wow, that's kind of interesting there. That God wants to do for me above what I've asked him. He wants to have an exchange, if you would. And that's what he's looking for. That the that, that I think like he thinks instead of how people have taught me to think. Okay? There is an exchange. When he said that my ways are higher than your ways. My thoughts higher than your thoughts. He didn't make it uh, from a position where we cannot address ourselves to what he's thinking. Otherwise, he would have never said, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. He said, would you please activate this mind? Okay? So Peter, the disciples are going to see something, and God is trying to get them to live there, not just to have goosebumps because it happened. Because if it had been me, and I just saw him, I, he told the 12 to go to, to bring to him the, the bread and the loaves, I mean the bread and the fish. And the disciples knew that there was five loaves and two fish. Okay, they knew that. And then they saw the miracle of feeding 5,000 men, women, and children, 20,000 people total, with two fish, five loaves of bread. They knew that was a miracle. So then they would, me being me, I would want to stay there and talk about this miracle that God did, this great work that, that, that God showed us. And so he had to constrain them to go to the other side. Okay, this is just, just digging into that. He had to open up their thinking so that they would say, there's more than this on the other side. This was not the last miracle that he was going to do. Okay, I, I need for y'all to think this way. Whatever good thing God just did for you, that was not the end of the good. In fact, it says in Deuteronomy that God wants to rejoice over you to do good. God wants to do that. He wants to rejoice over you to do good. See, it makes him happy when he can do good for you. So then I don't, I don't, Take the miracle of God and just say, oh, wasn't that nice? We're going to talk about this for 25 years. No, that was an invitation to the next. God is always asking us to level up, to go to the next station in life. Because the more, the higher you go, beloved, 
then the more expectation God would have that you're going to declare the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living so that you can invite people by the testimony that God develops in your life. Amen. See, but we don't think that we've been trained that whatever good thing we got, you better be glad you got it. And I understand that they were not, they, they were not horrible people. They just didn't understand that God wants us to participate in fullness. That's what it says, John chapter 1, verse 17, and of his fullness have we all received grace for grace. Grace for grace. The grace was not just to take me to a place where I, I, I don't grow in grace, which was one of the commandments he told us to do. So it's a growing grace, okay? So that must mean I'm going to use the grace that I saw to take me to the next level of new grace, okay? Because he's able to do exceedingly abundantly, grace to grace, okay? So sometimes we've been trained because of words like, you know, money doesn't grow on trees. So then we were trained in lack, you better be glad you had this money to pay your bills this time, but that's it. Don't look for them up. No, the, the grace that got this victory is calling me to a greater grace. Amen. He wants to rejoice over you to do good. So he had to constrain his disciples. Would y'all please go over to the other side. Well, you know, I'm thinking, uh, ain't nothing happened good over there. Why would I leave the good that happened over here to go over there? They didn't understand that the promise that God has made to us is he will never leave us. He will never forsake us. See, so then if he's sending me, glory to God, if he's sending me, he already has something for me to enjoy wherever I'm going. Amen. More and more. He wants to increase you a thousand times. More and more. We should be the ones that are living a life that the power and grace of God is dripping off of us. Oh, what do you mean dripping? Well, Jesus said it this way, out of your bellies will flow rivers of living water. See, he, he doesn't, he's not bringing you glory to God. Wow. In the Old Testament, their connotation was my cup runneth over. So it was one cup, and okay, the cup was the measure, the running over they didn't, might not have thought about. But Jesus says, now, I need you to understand different things because I'm going to bring a, 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 the wells of salvation. I'm putting them on the inside of you, and out of your bellies will flow rivers. Glory to God. Okay? So then if we can begin to process our thinking that the God that's given us a word is giving us an invitation to the greater. Okay? He did not call you the better, beloved. Every time I say the word greater and better, I make sure I say this, that God did not call you to better. He called you to greater. Jesus said, greater works than this shall you do. We refer to God as the great I am, not the better I am. So he wants you to become usable in areas that you've never thought about before. He wants to have a reputation. This is what he told Abram. He said, I will bless you and thou shalt be a blessing. Amen. He, he needs to do things in our lives so that we begin to get stop thinking about us and the needs that we thought we had yesterday because he's going to bless us and we will be a blessing. You will have enough 
in the overflow that you have. See, in the Old Testament, 23rd Psalm, you had a cup. Now you have a river. See, why is it then that we're not thinking about the river that we're connected to? See, it's supposed to flow. This is the way that people are going to hear about Jesus, come to understand Jesus, and desire him because they see this flow in our lives. He had to constrain his disciples to go to, to get in the ship and go to the other side before him. And while he sent the multitudes away. And when he had sent the multitudes away, he went up into the mountain apart to pray. And when evening was come, he was there alone. But the ship was now in the midst of the sea, tossed with waves, for the wind was contrary. Now, he had just done the miracle to prepare them to enjoy the next miracle. Okay? He's, he's taking us from glory to glory, from faith to faith. He's not taking us, beloved, from faith to failure. Amen. I mean, we've got to change that. We, we, I do appreciate the, the things that God has done. I appreciate that. But he's inviting me by that deliverance to the next level of deliverance. Amen. He wants to increase us. We should get used to that. This Peter, Peter finally did get this. It, it took him a minute, but Peter got this because Peter is the one that the testimony is that he was simply walking down the street, going to the store to get some bread. And people were being healed because of his shadow. Peter didn't even lay hands on nobody. He didn't have a healing meeting. Peter was, he, Peter was just walking down the street, and the healing power of God was dripping, if you would, from him. His shadow caused people to be delivered of whatever demons they had, whatever sickness they had. God wants that testimony. He's no respecter of persons. So then as he did it for Peter, he wants to do it for you. But we're going to have to begin to think differently. It's the company that you keep. Okay? It says that uh, the, the ship was in the midst of the sea and tossed with waves. Um, here's what I want you to see here. In verse 22, you can underline this. He told the disciples to get in the ship and to go before him unto the other side. Circle that. Make highlight. Make note of that. He already told the disciples where they were supposed to be. They were supposed to be on the other side. Okay? Jesus has given you promises in statements that you didn't think about and open up in your, in your heart. They, you, we think that uh, mm -hmm, we think that some of the things that God tells us to do are hard to get done anyway. Well, with that thought process, you won't enter into the victory because you thought that it was too hard for you to do in the first place. You remember that the, the five talents? He gave one five, one two, one one, and the one that got the one said, "You are austere man. You 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 sow where you don't. You reap where you haven't sown." But wait a minute, he gave you the talent. What do you mean you reap what you didn't? So he gave you the talent. The man hid the talent in the earth. But he said, well, when you come back, I'm going to give your talent back to you. He wanted you to use it. 
He wanted you to become proficient at that because when you use it, it will increase. Amen. See, he was trying to, again, get them to, to, to understand how this the kingdom works. There's always a word that is sent to you, and the word sent to you comes before any attack. Please look at this. He said that he told the disciples, here's the word, go before him to the other side. Then they start the process, and then they get stuck in the middle. The, the, the boat was in the midst of the sea, tossed. See? They, they, they didn't, we are getting the opportunity to learn from what they didn't see. Okay? He had already told them. So God has already spoken the end. He is the, the alpha and the omega, the beginning and the end. So at the time he spoke, the end was already taken care of. Did you get that? When he sends a word to you, the word sent has the power to bring itself to pass. Amen. Amen. For the wind was contrary. And in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went to them walking on the sea. Jesus went to them walking on what they perceived was their problem. He walked on the sea, and he was going to them to show them the power that the word had. Watch this. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled. Okay? So when they saw, let's, let's stop doing this. Woo. Lord, thank you. It says, when the disciples saw him walking on their problems, they thought to be scared. That's what they, their first thought was that, 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 that this ain't supposed to be. So then when you see Jesus, do you think that he doesn't have the power to give you victory? Do you see him as, as someone that loves you and you're going to pat your head and, and make you feel better in the mess, or do you see him as the one that's going to cause you to be delivered from the mess? Just look at the words. How is phrased here? When the disciples saw him, amen. See, they argued in their mind that it wasn't him, but it just said they saw him. The one that just did a miracle in their midst so that they could know that he's sovereign. They saw him, but they didn't put two and two together. They, they, they looked at the problem as being bigger than Jesus, even though Jesus came to them walking on their trouble. <laughs> they were troubled, and they said, it's a spirit, and they asked for fear. It says they cried out for fear. See, and, and I, I, I try to dig deeper so that I can get uh, um, the understanding that causes victory because he sent his word to heal and deliver, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to find where the healing and deliverance is. I'm going to find out where the breakthrough for me is, 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 is housed in. What, how, he couched this in here. There is a word of deliverance. It, you want to write that down? There is a word of deliverance in your problem. Amen. There's a word of victory already in your problem. God is faithful who will not suffer you to be tempted above that which you are able, but will with the temptation. 
make a way of escape. There is a word of victory in your problem. Our job is to go and ferret out, look for that word of victory. Say, I'm a, I'm a just God. I will have no other gods before me. So that tells me that before my trouble came, there had to be a word in the trouble for my victory, for my deliverance, for my breakthrough. It has to be. God is faithful who will not suffer me to be tempted above that which I am able. See, he's given a commensurate word to me for the challenge that I'm facing. He has to. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. So that if I see that that's what the word said, if I see the victories that he gave the Hebrew boys, see, they had this word in their heart. No, we ain't got to worry about God. God's going to take care of us. And if not, let me just tell you, then I ain't going to bow down to you. See, there was a word of victory in the challenge. Our job, find that word. And they cried out for fear. They gave fear legal license to trouble them. Because that's what they cried out for. Watch this. And as soon as Jesus sees fear, he moves. It says, straightway, Jesus spoke unto them. Straightway. You, you function in fear? Know that there's a word that's going to be in the trouble, and that word of victory is waiting for you to pay attention to it rather than pay attention to the smoke screen. You know, um, magician um, and the matador, they, 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 they live in the art of deception. The, the matador puts this red cape in front of the bull, and the red cape seems to irritate and make the bull mad. And so then the, uh, the, 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 the matador uh, drapes it out there, and then the matador moves the, uh, the cape out the way, and the, the, the bull runs past, and now he's going to turn around and come back. Wait a minute. Is the cape the problem, or is the matador the one uh, manipulating the cape? Yeah. So if the matador would ever figure that I ain't got to run after that doggone cape and go straight for that uh, matador, this, that game's over, ain't it? Yeah. See? Because the matador holds it out to the side, away from himself. Well, that's what the devil does. He wants us to be distracted by things and, and not pay attention to if he's the one causing all this issue. See? I mean, in the book of Isaiah, chapter 14, it, it, asks, it, asks us, it makes a statement we should ask. Is this the worm that caused all this trouble? This thing right here. This, 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 this being that continues to deceive and, 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 and intimidate us because of we thinking about what happened to this person and that person and we're going to have the same trouble. No, you won't, because in your trouble is a word of victory. Amen. Amen. And immediately, straightway, Jesus spake unto them, saying, Be of good cheer, it is I. Be not afraid. He said, I need for y'all to stop being afraid. Be of good cheer. What you saw was me. Now I need for you to identify it as me. That's why I'm telling you, it is me. Be not afraid. Be of good cheer. 
I mean, you see the instruction. Notice the good has to be acknowledged before the victory can come. Jesus, they were crying out for fear. Jesus spoke to them saying, be of good cheer. The first word was, celebrate my presence. Be of good cheer. It's I. Be not afraid. So I would just kind of help you according to the way it's written. In order to have victory, you're going to have to change your attitude. Be of good cheer. It didn't say, he didn't say to them right there, hope to find cheer. He told them to get busy being of good cheer. Recognize it is I. Now, take those two tenets and you will cause victory. It says, then be not afraid. Do you see how it's, how it's, how it's written there? Change your attitude and disposition. See him. Then now you can be not afraid. Okay? And then Peter answered and said to him, Lord, if it be thou, bid me to come to thee on the water. And he said, come. One word. I want you to know, again, the word that God gives you is able to sustain you in whatever your challenge is. In your challenge is already a word of victory. Okay? I, I hope you can see that just from this uh, example right here. Because he had already told them from the beginning, go to the other side. And so here comes all the wind and stuff and messing with them, and they were stuck in the midst of the sea. And Jesus came walking to them on their trouble and then noticing what was in their heart, noticing where their thinking was, was locked down by. I mean, do you see that? They, here is Jesus coming to them, and they were trapped in their thinking to say, this is the end right here. We ain't going to the other side. We're going to get... Wow, we're gonna we're gonna be defeated in the midst of the sea. And since they thought that that was the spirit, they thought this was the end for real because that spirit that's coming to them is going to increase the the trouble that they are already in. That's the way they were thinking. They were troubled, so that they were saying, "Okay, I mean, you can see the thought process that okay, it's bad enough that we fishermen and we kind of stuck in this storm, but we might can make that, but." No, here comes a spirit, and that spirit showed up going to take us out of here now. They, they didn't even have a thought process to know that if he told you to go to the other side, he is with you. Come on, Lord. He's with you from the time you left until the time you get to the other side. His word will not return unto him, boy. So he told them, go to the other side. That word does not care about the, the, the wind and the waves. That word will carry them to the other side. But they gave that word up. They were troubled. Okay? <laughs> and so Peter, you know, just, just testing the water. I get it. I, I, it's a good thing to do. Peter said, if it's you, bid me to come. Well, really, the way Peter set this up is um, if it wasn't Jesus, he would have been stuck in that mess. But if it was Jesus, he's going to get out. Why? Because they said, if it's you, bid me come. So when Jesus said, come, that took care of all the other stuff, didn't it? 
Again, we don't think this way consistently. Watch what happened to Peter. And verse 29, he said, come. And when Peter was come down out of the ship, parenthesis, underline, highlight, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. Amen. One word. Say, we have that working in our lives, and sometimes we don't use it. I mean, when you pray, you can ask the question, Lord, after I've prayed, you heard me. Well, we should read First John uh, 5, 14, 15. It says that if we do everything according to his will, we ask anything according to his will, then we know that he hears us. And when we know that he hears us, we know that we have the petitions that we desired of him. So there, there has to be some confidence in you that you know that I've talked to God. So since I've talked to God already, he's going to send me a word. I might give God three, four paragraphs, a litany of things, but when he speaks to me, he's going to give me a word because there is a word of victory in my trouble. Glory to God. There is a word of victory in my situation. If not, that situation cannot be there. He will not suffer you to be tempted above that which you are able. And we'll, with the temptation, highlight that word that he's already given you. He's already given you the word of victory. Because you are complete in him. But we're going to have to get to the place where we think like, like Abram, who became fully persuaded. See, sometimes we'll hear a word from God and we'll just uh, argue with it in our mind because, uh, 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 because of some of the people that we heard that had the same situation and then they didn't make it. Well, they didn't hold on to the word would be the first thing I would look at. I'm not trying to accuse them, but if they would have held on to the word, then they would have been able to hear, come. They would be able to hear victory. They would be able to hear rejoice. Because God sends a word to you for healing, for deliverance, out of all your troubles, out of all your destruction. So Peter, when he was come down out of the ship, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. But when he saw the wind boisterous, and he was afraid. He went back to the place where he, come on, y'all. He went back to the place in his heart, in his mind, that he'd already been delivered from. He was walking on the water. So the, he, the, the same thing that moved him the first time moved him this time. They were in the ship, scared, not able to get to the other side. He told them, go to the other side. If we would just meditate on the information that God has given us, then we'll end up in the place God has called us to, God has sent us to. But they began to because they were fishermen, and they knew that a, a storm of this type is going to cause us to do these things. That don't sound like getting over to the other side. So they, they, they took the experience knowledge that they had, and it became greater than the revelation knowledge that he gave them. Okay, you can write that one down. What we need to do in the trial is to make sure we hold on to the revelation knowledge. 
Yeah, I'm going to get that. Because he says, Jesus said he builds his church on this revelation knowledge. And he said, even the gates of hell can't prevail against it. But we look at our experiential knowledge and we go back and use that. And as soon as Peter went back to his experiential knowledge, it said, what happened? <laughs> it said he was afraid. I mean, I don't, please see, please see the processes here. Okay. Because God is revealing to you even now how to dismantle the attack of the devil. Okay. Peter went to thinking like he was thinking before, using experiential knowledge, all right? And he saw, he saw the wind boisterous. Amen. Okay, just as a question, just as a question, okay? They were already toiling, the other one says, that they were toiling trying to get to the other side. So they already knew that the wind was boisterous. Is that correct? All right? It, they already knew that. We might look at that in, in Mark in just a minute. So then he, he, when he first started to come out the ship, the wind was already boisterous, wasn't it? It was already a story. It's in right here. The wind was contrary. Verse 24. The ship was in the midst of the sea, tossed with waves, for the wind was contrary. He had already known that. Is that correct? This was not no new information. Glory to God. God is the only one that introduces new information. The devil can only bring the other, the old information back to you. It's no new information. The wind was 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 uh, contrary. That's in verse twenty-four. And now he began to look at the wind that was already contrary, that was already boisterous. He went back to the place that, where he experienced defeat and thought that this is going to be the end for him. God said, it's doing that. See, watch it. Let's see what Jesus said. And he saw the wind boisterous, and because of what he saw, next thing was he was afraid. And beginning to sink, he went back to, ooh, that's good, sir. He went back to doing what he did last time. They cried out for fear. Glory to God. See? The word that God gave us is a word that can sustain us, will sustain us. So I go back and hear the word. Um, I was, I was, I, I became a lifeguard. I didn't know how to swim at first. And I was learning because the uh, apartment that I, that, that I was living in, they had a swimming pool. And I, was very astute and knew that the money that I was spending for the apartment paid for that swimming pool. So then since my money is already paid for that swimming pool, I'm going to go down there and use the pool. I'm going to take advantage of this. All right. I didn't know how to swim, but I would go down there and, you know, play in the water, wade in the water, kind of get used to the water. And the lifeguard that was there told me some things, how I can do. And, and he kind of trained me and left me alone. So I practiced going across the pool using my hands by themselves. I would not use my feet. I'm just going to use my hands because I figured if, if, if I could do the right thing with my hands, I'd be all right. Then I started going across the pool with just my legs. See, so I'm going to be twice as efficient with my body as, as, as most people because I can count on if one don't work, the other will. So I was swimming across the pool one time. It was getting dark, 
and the lights came on in the pool. And so I'm swimming toward the light. And then I thought the light was closer to me than it was. The water made it appear closer. So I thought that this would be my last stroke, and then I reached for the wall, but the wall wasn't there. And so what happened is I began to drown. And I looked up, and I'm thinking right there, I said, well, the lifeguard is here, and he knows I'm in the water. He'll get me. And the lifeguard was way at the other end of the pool. So that, you know, the time was not looking good for me. But I heard the word that he told me, and he said, keep swimming. Because I had stopped swimming because I thought I was at the wall. And so then I, I heard that, I absorbed that, and I started using my legs, which had been trained to get me to the other side no matter what. If my hands didn't work, my feet would still get me across. So then I started using my feet, and as soon as I started getting forward motion, I put my hands back into action, and I got to the other side. See, I took the word of the person that has already been experienced in the thing that I'm now trying to do. The word caused me to win. He just said, keep swimming, keep kicking. That's what Jesus said to Peter. He said, come. But Peter let go of the word, and it says that he began to, he saw the wind that was boisterous. He was afraid, and he began to sink, and then he cried, saying, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched forth his hand and called him and talked to him and said to him, he didn't dry him off. He's going to teach in the midst of the trouble. He's going to take time to teach. He's not trying to place you in a safe place uh, uh, without teaching. He grabbed him and said to him, Wherefore didst thou doubt, O thou of little faith? Why did you doubt? He said that. Why? Because in that moment, teaching was necessary. So I'm going to ask you, when you're going through things, are you looking for the word that's going to teach you, or are you looking for uh, the way to simply get out of? Because the first thing Jesus said, when he, when he got to him, he said, why did you doubt? Wherefore did you have fear? Oh, you that used little faith. And I always bring it up right here. I want to remind you that the little faith that Peter had had him walking on the water. Glory to God. What Peter is going to have to learn and did learn is that that word works. And the little faith that I have to come on, that's good. Oh, Lord, good. The little faith that I have to exert to get it done, I need to go back and cause that faith to work. It didn't say that uh, uh, the great faith is what delivered Peter. He walked on the water with, according to the scripture, he walked on the water with little faith. So then the devil ain't big. The devil is not big in your life. We make him appear big. Because all you all Peter needed was a word, one word. It didn't say that Peter stood up on the water, beloved. It said that Peter 
walked on the water. Let me just help you get this. Um, a stance is, is both feet in the same place. If you're going to walk, a step is going to be moving one, one foot behind you and one foot in front of you in a different location. That's a step. It didn't say Peter had a step. It said Peter walked on the water. So by definition, there had to be two steps. <clears throat> Excuse me. There had to be two steps or it could not be considered a walk. <clears throat> it didn't say Peter stood on the water. That would have been good. It said Peter walked on the water to go to Jesus. So then here you are already doing the thing that's necessary in the situation, but we had no confidence in the thing that we were doing because we let the word slip. We let the promise slip. Actually, technically, Peter was not walking on the water. Peter was walking on the word. And the word which made the water caused him to be able to walk on the water. See, we, we need to keep our confidence in the word. How we explain it to people might be simply, yeah, I walked on the water. I get that. You did. Because the word that he gave you, because that's all Jesus is, one word comes. And next thing Peter knew, he was walking on the water because of that one word. Don't you know that the thief only comes to steal, kill, and to destroy? That means that he can only steal something if you have it. If you don't have it, he can't steal it. He can cause you to operate in 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 in, in ignorance, and then you didn't know that you had it, but you had to first have it. Okay, I was just, he can, a thief cannot steal what is not there. He cannot destroy what doesn't exist. He cannot kill anything that was not already alive. Just turn things around backwards sometimes so that you can see the steps. See, that's why I, I, I delineated that what happened to Peter is he saw the wind, then he began to be afraid, then he began to sink. I'm sorry. He saw the, the wind. He was afraid, then he began to sink, and he cried. Notice it did say he began to sink. I don't even know that the water was above his knees yet. It just said beginning to sink. You know, that means the water still might be around his ankles. I, you know, just so that we get it, because he said beginning to sink. He he wasn't head over, uh, he wasn't head under the water yet. He was begin. He couldn't have been head under the water because he was talking. <laughs> it's very difficult to talk with a mouthful of water. <laughs> okay? So he said beginning to sink. Immediately, Jesus reached out, grabbed him, and then asked him, why did you fear? What made you not understand you were already walking on the water? What, 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 got, what caused your brain not to, to see what I've already done for you? There's a question. What makes us think? 
that the God that's always been faithful, that's always delivered, what makes you think that he won't do it now? Wherefore did you doubt, O you of little faith? Since the company that you keep, the thoughts that, 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 that's in your heart and in your mind. And verse 32 says, and when they were coming to the ship, Jesus and, and Peter, it says that what happened? The wind ceased. Then they were that were in the ship worshiped him and said, surely you must be the son of God. Let's look at this in Mark chapter 4. Same, same kind of account. But we just want to see it. Uh, and in Mark chapter 4, uh, Jesus was teaching them uh, the parable of the sower sows the word. He was teaching them that parable. And it says that um, in verse 33, he would teach them in parables all the time. With many such parables, he spoke the word unto them. Okay, all right, all right, all right, all right. It, Look at what he just said. It says, with many such parables, he spoke the word. He would position the word in their hearing in things that would make them think. It was in a parable. It was in a story. It was in the place where you're going to have to, to dig it out, not just because these are secrets that he's telling us, okay? If we understand correctly, he says that seeing they might see and not understand. See, let's just back up. You're right there where he says that. Let's go to, um, go to verse 10 in that same, verse 9, and we'll go down, okay? This is, he's, he's, he had just told them this. Now he's going to do this, okay? In verse uh, 9, he said unto them, He that hath ears to hear, let him hear. Now, when he said that, almost everybody that was in, 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 with, in his presence, everybody that was there had ears, didn't he? So then he said, If any man has ears, let him hear. So was he talking about these catcher's mitts on the side of your face? No, he was talking about hearing with your spirit. Okay? So he's, he's wanting us to, to, to exercise that faith. He that has ears, let him hear. And then verse 10 says, And when he was alone, they that were about him were with him, with the twelve, they asked of the parable. And then Jesus said, Unto you it is given to know the mysteries of the kingdom of God. Let's go back and hear that again. These are the people that were with Jesus. Are you with Jesus? So then, since you are with Jesus, he says, unto you it is given to know the mysteries of the kingdom of God. That's shouting time right there. Because he, he wants you to know, brother, I would not have you to be ignorant. He wants you to know. So unto you is given to know the mysteries. God Almighty. Wait a minute, did you see that? He said, unto you is given to know the mystery. It's singular. Wow, y'all. Did you see that? He didn't say mysteries. He said mystery. 
So that he, even in saying what he's saying, he's saying more than he's saying. Amen. A word, Jesus said, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every singular word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Jesus could have said by all the words, couldn't he? But every word has the power in itself to bring itself to work to pass. You can get healed on the word but if you know why the but is there. Amen. Because he said every word. He did not say every sentence. He did not say every teaching. He said every word. Unto you is given to know the mystery of the kingdom of God. But it is them that are without these things are done in parables. Why? That seeing they may see and not perceive, and hearing they may hear and not hear, not understand, lest at any time they should be converted and their sins should be forgiven them. So he said, and he said unto them, Know ye not this parable? Then how then shall you know all parables? Okay? Now, he says that if at any time, you should convince, repent. So you will be converted. Most of the times he says repent. I understand now why he just said be converted. Because you can say you're sorry a hundred times and go back and do the same thing. But he says that if you are converted, that means you're going to do the repentance from which there is no return. I'm not going back there no more, Lord. I'm not going to keep testing your grace. I'm not going to keep uh, stretching out faith that, that you, 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 you said to me this one word. I'm looking for a paragraph. You said come. Amen. I, I'm not going to do that anymore. I'm going to dig into the word that you said come, and I'm going to enjoy the fruitfulness of that one word. I'm going to live by that one word. See, so that's why he would speak in, in parables. See? So they had just left that grand time of, of seeing God move, but they didn't hear. Even though they saw, they didn't perceive. Even though they heard, they didn't understand. The part of the conversion was that they had to see things happen over and over again until their spirit connected. Their eyes would then be open. Okay? So unto you it has been given to know the mystery of the kingdom. See, it's the company that you keep, the, the conversations of your heart. These are the things that you do when nobody else is looking, all right? I, I, I'm not trying to, to hang around people so that uh, I can show myself as, as having this understanding. No, this is when I'm, when I'm, when I'm alone with them. Isn't that what he just said? When he was alone with them, he began to talk to them about it. So when you're in a, a situation, a troubling situation, and Jesus delivers you out of that situation, what I would like for you to do, beloved, is to go learn. Talk to him. Because the first thing he did for Peter when he saved him is he began to teach. He said, wherefore did you doubt? problem you got here, Peter, is you had little faith. You had more confidence in your experience knowledge than you did in the revelation knowledge that I've given unto you. We right here, let's go back to Mark 16. I was going to get it later, but since I'm here, I'll just do this. 
Matthew chapter 16, verse 13. Jesus was, was teaching, showing, displaying, assisting all throughout the, the disciples' time with him. See? He was, he was preparing and building a kingdom in them. Glory to God. He was building a kingdom in them. You do understand that a kingdom needs a king. Because a kingdom without a king is just property, isn't it? Amen. So then he's building a kingdom in you. He doesn't want you to just function as property. He wants you to have a, 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 a vibrant relationship with him that he would be able to talk to you because as he talks to you and you comprehend, as it says in Second Corinthians, then you will be, you'll be his children. He'll be a God unto you. Amen. You, you do remember when you hear the statement, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. Why do you say that? Because it was a personal relationship that people could see and identify. Because that's what he said he wanted to do in Deuteronomy uh, 28. And all the nations of the earth shall see that you are called by the name of the Lord. He wants to be a God unto you. Sometimes uh, people will, will just allow Jesus to be Savior, just to get him out of trouble. Every time I get in trouble, I go to hollering and asking God. That's good. I ain't going to get mad at that. But he wants to be a God unto you. <laughs> it does say Lord and Savior, doesn't it? Yeah. Everybody wants to let Jesus be Savior. Everybody doesn't want him to be Lord. See? Because as he's Lord, then I'm going to listen to him talk, just like he did with Adam. Come on, y'all. He would talk to Adam. They would walk and talk in the cool of the day. Because Adam didn't go to school, y'all. He learned everything by relationship, through revelation. Okay? Adam came, God formed him, blew into his nostrils the breath of life, and then Adam was there. What schools did Adam go to? He didn't go to the school of learn how to name all the animals. He didn't go to school. It was on the inside, and he learned how to bring it up and be profitable in his life. Out of your bellies will flow rivers of. See, everything that you need is on the inside of you. The challenge is for us to understand how to get it up, how to get it. And it comes out, my God, my God, it comes out. Two ways, by meditation and confession. Because listen to what it says, Joshua 1 and 8, out. It says, this book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night. So when you do that, you're going to make your way prosperous. You're going to find good success. Why? Because it's already on the inside of you, and when you speak, you're stirring up that which is in, inside of you, in your spirit, and it comes out. You get to hear it again. Faith comes by hearing and hearing. See, as you stir it up, see, then you hear yourself say the revelation that God deposited. Delight yourself also in him, and he will give you the desires of your heart. See, it's through relationship. 
So Adam was walking with God, and God would just have conversations with him. And then he would see things because God's word was alive. It's quick and powerful. See? And it stirs up on the inside of you the things he's already, it's in your spiritual DNA. It's already there. It resides in you. The anointing that's in you is an anointing that you don't need a man to teach you. All I'm doing is perfecting. Glory to God. That's my job. Perfecting the saints. See? The medium, the, the method that we use to get that is through teaching, got that. But I'm only, I am reaching by the Spirit of God, I am reaching down into your spirit and causing that that has already been deposited to be stirred up so that it becomes beneficial in your life. This book of the law shall not just depart out of your mouth. You've got to meditate in. Notice he puts your heart's meditation and your mouth in play at the same time. It's not going to be different. Everybody goes through the same processes. See, the more you go over it, then the more, um, if you would, the more expanse you have of the word of God. And so then he goes in. The Holy Ghost is what he does. His job description, when the Holy Ghost has come, he shall bring to your remembrance what Jesus has already said. Didn't say he's going to bring new stuff. I'm sorry, that's what he said. So he's going to bring to your remembrance what Jesus has already said. He's going to lead you into the truth. He's going to show you things to come. See? He's going to take what's in there. That's what Jesus said. He's going to take what's mine and give it to you. Because every kingdom needs a king. Glory to God. So when you obey Jesus, the Lord of your life, he sets up the kingdom. Let's watch this. Verse 13 and following, when Jesus came into the coast of Caesarea Philippi, he asked this question to the disciples, saying, whom do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? And they said, some say thou art John the Baptist, some say Elias, and others say Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. Then he saith unto them, but whom do you say? That I am. See, it's the company that you keep. Okay, he he knows what what what's what's out there in the in in the um in the congregation in the community. He knows that, but that which is in the that which is in the community, beloved, is not what you live off of. Glory to God. Well, that said a lot right there. That which is in the community is not what you're supposed to live off of. Amen. See. That 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 would that would kind of help us with the understanding of counting on the the government to get me out of trouble. That which is in the community is not what you are supposed to live off. Amen. He's given you a better promise, some better thing based on better promises. I'm not mad because of that which is in the community. Matter of fact, we are the ones that's supposed to be doing the things for the community. We are the pillar and ground of the truth. The church is. See? Because we can give them information that would stop the cycle of always having to go back to community to get your needs met. Because they did not say, my God shall supply all your needs. 
by his riches and glory, by, through, in Christ Jesus. I did not hear government one time. Amen. See, but we're going to have to learn to stir up the gift that's on the inside of us. Because everything that we need is already resident on the inside of you. For every challenge, for every problem, for every circumstance, it's already on the inside of you. And you are complete in him. Last time I checked, complete means nothing missing, nothing broken. And he says, so who do you say that I am? And Peter answered and said, thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus answered and said unto him, Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood have not revealed this unto you, but my Father which is in heaven. And I say unto thee that thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Let's go back and get this. Peter answered by the Spirit. He said, You are the Son of the, you are the Christ the son of the living God. You are the one that is anointed, Christ. And so we're supposed to live by that anointing in our lives. See, we're supposed to learn that process. See? And, 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 and I want to help you with this. Um, there, is no, there is no reference of time uh, limitations on that. So then when I practice this as a child and I live to be 120, that is what we're promised, this, this process is going to be available all throughout those years. It didn't say that when you get to be 65 that this retires, this power retires. That, evidently that can't be true because Moses was 80 and that power worked and he was 120. And while he was 120, Bible says, and his eye was not dim, and his natural forces were not abated. See, this anointing is for daily use, glory to God. See, he wants you to, 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 to increase more and more. That now, when, when we get to the place where the anointing that, that, that people can take advantage of, see how it works into, in our lives, we can now teach the young. Amen. Because they would have been around long enough to notice that, okay, I tried it my way and it didn't work. Let me try it this way. And we'll say, yes, it's, it's only what we do in Jesus that lasts. So, so let me show you how to walk with him, talk with him. Let me show you how it, it lines up. See, that's what we're supposed to be doing, pillar and ground of the truth. But it seems that in this generation, the, the voice of those that have experienced is the voice that has been muted, shut up. We didn't understand how to let it flow. <laughs> Elijah was a, he was a mean dude, but the power, he let the power flow. You see? Yeah, people were scared for him to come by because they didn't know if they were going to live or die. But he let the power flow. Okay. We need to learn how to walk in the spirit with the temperance that's necessary so that the ones that are invited might be transformed. 
in their thinking. I mean, that's our job. Go, teach, make, baptize. And he said, I want you to do this to all men. Men have a different learning point, a different learning curve. See? And he said, teach this, make disciples of men. Amen. <laughs> See? Some of the men that that, that, that that we come in contact with, those are the ones that they'll believe it when they see it. I got that. I understand that. And so then that means our life is supposed to be able to speak into their life because of our victories. See, it's not supposed to be something that comes out of community. We're supposed to bring the community into the kingdom. Amen. We're supposed to be able to show them that this works better because I don't have to. It should get to the place where they learn to live a sweatless existence just as Adam did. Adam, before sin, Adam didn't have to worry about sweating. After sin, God says, now you will live by the sweat of your brow. And Jesus wants us to make disciples of men, to teach them to do what he said. Jesus didn't sweat. One of the things that was uh, real, that's why God had the particular uh, garment for them. Because linen garments, they don't let you sweat. Amen. See, that was some, one of the things. The priest, and Jesus was the priest in our day. See, they, they wore linen so that they would take care of the sweat. Yeah. And so we should be able to teach men how to live, teach the, 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 all of the old and the young how to live and enter into a sweatless life. A sweatless life is that way because God is the provider, not me. I am not my source. I am a resource. Amen. God is my source. For in him I live, in him I move, in him I have my being. See? So that we should be able to teach them. And if I'm living throughout the, the, the dispensation of time I'm supposed to have, the 120, they will notice things about me. Not because I'm trying to put it out there. They will say, wait a minute, whoa, 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 whoa. Just did what? And I will quickly tell you, it is not I but Christ that liveth in me, he doeth the works. And Jesus said it was the Father in me. He doeth the works. See, we've got to learn how to participate in the plan of God. It's the company that you keep. The, the conversations that you and God have that takes you from glory to glory. The examples of his grace that you can display. That he said, you're blessed. Empowered to prosper, Simon, because flesh and blood have not revealed this unto you, but my Father, which is in heaven. And I say unto you, you are a rock, Peter. And upon this rock, I will build my church. He was not building this church upon Peter, the person named Peter. He was building this church upon the revelation that came from the Father. You are empowered to be blessed, Simon, because flesh and blood have not revealed this unto you. But my Father, which is in heaven, has revealed this. And I say this makes you a rock, solid. And upon this rock that's solid, 
this rock of revelation. I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. There ain't nothing the devil can do to stop it. It was a little deeper than that because he was standing in the place when he made this statement. He was standing in the place, the mountain of Pan. And Pan was uh, the place where the god Pan was worshipped. And so then he was standing there and helping people come out of the stupidity of counting on false gods, demons, uh, to, to cause them to be empowered. He says, I'm, I'm standing here saying that you are blessed. And now the gates that Pan has established, you don't need that no more. They will not prevail. You're not getting your, your source of information from, from, from the underworld. See, these are things that God winked at. In times past, but now he commands all men everywhere to repent. Think differently. You're blessed because of revelation, and the gates of hell cannot prevail against it. And because you are understanding that revelation is what is being released, because of the revelation, I am giving you, let's hear what he says, the keys of the kingdom. He didn't give him a couple of keys. He gave him all the keys of the kingdom. Therefore, what does he help us understand? I give you the keys of the kingdom, and whatsoever you shall bind on earth shall be bound. And whatsoever you shall loose on earth is loosed in heaven. I'm giving you the keys. I'm giving you the ability to work things out the same way I work them out. Because I didn't come here to the, the mountain of Pan to get my information I came here to tell you, you don't have to do this no more. The gates of hell cannot prevail. See? You're not supposed to get your information from the community. You're supposed to be the one that impacts the community, that causes the community to seek after God. How do you stop the gates of hell from prevailing? You get a revelation. You show people how to walk in that revelation. See? Because you are empowered to prosper, blessed. So it's the company that you keep. The the positions of your heart, the attitudes of your heart. This is what's necessary for us to, to deal with. So are you going to continue to uh, get all your information from community? Are you going to spend time in his word? Spend time in prayer. Having the expectation that revelation will flood your heart. And as that revelation floods your heart, that would cause you to be able to stand in the evil day, having all done all to stand, stand, therefore. You will know what the end is going to be because you are empowered to bring to pass that end. Oh, beloved, God needs us to, to get in position. He needs us to function according to his dictates. Because the world is truly needing answers, and God has placed those answers in us. And we grow by that which every joint supplies. 
so that we'll have more than enough to deal with the situations that people bring to us. They bring them to the body of Christ, and the body of Christ releases answers, breakthroughs, deliverance. Your choice, your way or God's way. God's waiting on you, expecting you to do that which he's empowered you to do. Father, in the name of Jesus, we just thank you for sending us a word to wake us up so that we can accomplish that which is necessary, that we will be able to do what we've never done before, walk in situations above the situations, not being drugged down into the situations, but being able to give answers, give resolve, release hope and grace. Thank you, Father, that as you keep giving us understanding that we would walk in it and cause the victory that's in Christ Jesus to be made manifest in us. We give you praise for that, sir. We give you glory and honor. Committing it to you is done. In the master's name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, who is Lord and Savior, and the redeemed of the Lord is there together. Amen. Amen. Glory to God. Glory to God. Well, as we always do, I give you an opportunity to uh, ask any questions or make any comments uh, that you might have. So, area code 470. 372-8210. That's area code 470-372-8210. You have the mic. Any questions or comments about the ministry today? Okay. Can you hear me, Brother Steve? Yes. Go ahead. Okay. Okay. Um, you said something in the very beginning as far as, like, reciting things that has happened in the past and reciting them over and over again. So I guess my question would be, like, what prayer would you say on a daily basis? What scriptures would you state on a daily basis to, you know, help combat with that? Okay. Um, the first thing that I would say is that I would say, as I have the mind of Christ, I now activate the mind of Christ within me. And my members, all of my hands, feet, and everything else, my members will now obey the word of God that has been made active by my meditation on the word of God. Okay? The reason I'm saying that is because if I have to, I, I used to do this. Lord knows I did. I would get up every day, and I would put on the whole arm of God. I would go through the whole thing of saying, you know, I have my feet shod with the preparation of the feet. I have a helmet. I would say every one of those things. And I did that about two months, and then God asked me a question when I was about to go through my process. He said, when did I tell you to take it off? Mm. And I said, well, you didn't. So then why am I going through this thing? Because I think religiously that's what you're supposed to do. I have to keep binding. I have to do. Notice what he told Peter. It says, whatever you bind is bound. Did he say whatever you bound has to be bound over and over and over again? Didn't say mm. that, did he? So then I have to have confidence in the word. So then once I pray this, uh, that I have the mind of what I understand, that I have the mind of Christ, and as I activate the mind of Christ in me, then now I make declarations because I'm the one that has the power to call those things that be not as though they were. See? 
So it's not redundancy. That's some of the things that we did here, and I'm not mad. I get how we got there. But Jesus didn't repeat many things in prayers to his father, did he? Mm-mm. He said stuff like, I thank you, Father, that you always hear me. Okay? You can go to First John chapter 5, 14 and 15, and, and it says that if we ask anything according to his will, we know that he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, we know that we have the petitions that we desire of him. So if I'm not guessing that I'm supposed to have what I, what I say, if I know that I can have what I say, what I say is settled, isn't it? Mm-hmm. So I, I go and I read the scriptures, write down a prayer out of, I would say, take the first ten verses almost out of all of the epistles and write them down and formulate a prayer out of those. Okay? Because out of those, he's going to say stuff like um, that he's been given unto you exceeding great and precious promises, that by these we are able to escape the corruption that's in the world through lust. See, he's saying, I can escape it. So did he say I had to continue to contend with it? Okay, but are you erasing it from your mind completely or just? Okay, no, okay, good. So, if again, if you, because he's going to tell you these things. The attack mm-hmm. that the enemy sets up is going to be the battlefield of the land. That's what it's going to be, okay? So right. you feel... You fill your heart and your mind with the word of God. You know what happens if you fill it with that? It removes everything else. Say, mm-hmm. He's made this very easy. We make it difficult because we say, okay, that means I got to do what I got to do. No, 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 no. One thing. That's what David said. This one thing have I desired, and that is what I'm going to seek after, that I might be able to inquire in your holy temple. Say, I'm, I'm asking you to show me that when I become when I become proficient at believing that that's what he said he's going to do, he's going to do, then the devil can't do nothing. He's going to try it. Just like what he asked, who do men say that I am? He said, who do you say I am? See, it, it, mm. community is one thing. Personal right. is another. And so you make right. it personal. Then you can, you'll start thinking to women, I bound that, so why am I still trying to go bind it again? If right. I believe I, that I bound it. See? Because Jesus right. said, have the faith of God. Whosoever shall say to this mountain, be thou removed, be thou plucked up and planted in the sea, it will obey you. Mm-hmm. So if I've already said that, why am I going to the sea to see if it's still there? Right. Okay. <laughs> okay. Right. So it, the better way to do it is to do it the way Jesus said. I understand that people have taught us that you have to, you have to tarry and you have to uh, continue to seek God. That's not what Jesus taught us. Okay? He mm-hmm. taught us mm-hmm. if I ask anything according to his will, I know he heard me. Because I know he heard me, I know I got the petition. So you can start mm-hmm. from there and say, no, 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 excuse me, Mr. Devil. I, I, I wrote this prayer down because I knew you was going to come. And I wrote this prayer down on, 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 on May the, March the 15th. And I wrote it down. And he said that since I wrote this down and said it, I got that. So you can't bring that back in no more. Right. You have to begin to do the things that the word says do. It is considered work at the first one. When you get proficient at it, it won't be work. It'll be life. Mm-hmm. Okay? Mm-hmm. So go, go right. take the time and look through all of the uh, the epistles 
And just take, like I say, the first 10 verses or so, and you will see that he gives you, he's called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. What kind of light? Marvelous. So let me ask you a question. If I'm in the marvelous light, would I have uh, all these demons fighting me? No. Because demons operate in darkness, and I've been called to his right. marvelous light. Mm. So the demons are already gone. See? So right. then now I learn how to function and stop carrying my heart's position back to a place that I've been delivered from. Mm. Okay? Yeah. And it, yeah. It, again, it's going to look like work at the beginning, but once you become proficient at that, the, the, this is what, remember, the devil came to Jesus, and he tempted it. He said, if you serve, if, if you serve God, <laughs> this command that these stones be made bread, if you the son. And Jesus said, it is written, okay, that I'm not going to live by bread alone. I'm going to live by every word that proceeds out of God. God. Well, let me see. I'll try something else. And he didn't go for that one. If you be the son of God, and then, then throw yourself off this hill. Because he said, he'll give you, he'll use the Bible. I'm going to use the Bible. He'll give his angels charge over you. And you, you, you're not going to hurt yourself. And Jesus said, mm-hmm, yeah, it is written. He did that three times. Mm-hmm. The third time, then it, it says, and then the devil left him for a season. Mm-hmm. He didn't go through right. exercises of, well, I need to go do this. And then he said, I'm, I'm living on what's written. That's what I said. So you go formulate your prayer out of those first, like I said, ten verses out of all the epistles. And you say, well, that's what I'm standing on. Do that. Then you can tell the devil, not here, buddy. Right. Okay? Thank you. Mm-hmm. Thank yeah. you. Glad to have you on the call. Area code 770-964-7501. My brother, how you doing? Doing great. How are you? You know I'm blessed all over, boy, in any place else. Yeah, I was just listening to that, what y'all just said, and uh, that was a great, great question. And uh, and it made me, it got me to thinking. The Bible says, uh, in some places it said, call those things to be not as though they were. Correct. It is, and casting down imagination and every high thing that exalt itself. Not God and bring the captivity every thought. Everyone. Then you said something right. earlier. You said that this mind be you that's in Christ Jesus. I was listening to all of that. Yeah. And then you said something that really was made me think. After doing all of that, he said something that we don't do. He says forgetting those things which are behind. Do what to him? Forgetting those things which are behind. Amen. Amen. And start pressing toward the mark. So once yeah. I've made my confession, declaration, and so forth, then mm-hmm. I got to get my mind going toward the goal, and not what right. I've been going. Through. I have to get my mind going toward the place that I'm trying to be in Him, because He Correct. said in Him Correct. we live, move, and have our being. Yes. So right. that mind that we have, that is the battlefield. Yes. Like you said, let this mind be in you. So once I could get my mind like that, I, Father, I know you always hear me. So once I make yeah. the declaration, I just move on to the next thing. It is. It's done. That's so right. he said, you by the stripes we were healed in one place. Then yeah. another said, by the stripes we are healed. I like right. words. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> 
You're too late, devil. You can't prove it down. Is Juju lying again? He's going to lie. Yeah. He's, so, just, yeah, he's so the father of it. Situation back to me. I said, "No, no, you didn't hear me right. the last time." Yeah, <laughs> I said the first time. Yeah, it's right. word that I've already said it. Yep. So, th- therefore, the battle is over. Move on. Yep. That's right. Yep. And and that's that's our job. Thank you again, my brother. That's the job that we have to do because that shows the devil that that we know who we are. It says that the the devil comes seeking those he can devour. That tells me right there he cannot devour everybody because he would have just said the devil comes and they are devoured. That's not what he said. He said the devil comes seeking those he can devour. But Jesus had us to understand the prince of this world cometh, but he has nothing in me. See, so that's why we renew our minds. That's why we study to show ourselves approved. And as we are approved, we will be a workman, somebody that can work it, rightly dividing the word of truth. See, so we will always have an answer for the enemy. He'll try, but he can't get no further than here. See, I am protected. I'm in the tower of the of the Lord. He said the, the name of the tower is a the name of the Lord is a strong tower, and righteous people are found on the inside. So if I'm only, just as a point of reference, if I'm on the inside, I don't have to fight if I'm already protected in this tower, do I? The other thing that that I'm reminded of is that he said we're supposed to put on the whole armor of God that we'll be able to stand in the evil day, having done all to stand. Well, the last time the devil saw this armor, he got the snot beat out of it. As I have on the whole armor of God, that's not the whole armor of Stevie. That's the whole armor of God. The devil see that armor, and he's going to try to see if I am operating as the armor supposed to. If he's going to bring something that's going to frustrate me, because first of all, the armor is so big, I can't fit in it. That's why he told us to put on the garment of praise. It fills up all of the spaces that I couldn't get into with this armor. Now the armor works. Because when you praise, the Bible says, out of the mouth of babes and suckling, you perfected praise so that you can do something. So that you can stop the avenger, you can steal the adversary. See? So then now I'm praising God and utilizing the armor correctly. He said, with this armor, I'll be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. Now I got his armor. I can use it on him. Because a quenched, a quenched fiery dart it's still a dart when the fire goes out, ain't it? Yeah. Darts hurt when you use them as ammunition. So the devil's going to see over and over again that you are using the weapons of our warfare, which are not carnal, but they are mighty through God to pull down strongholds. So the place that the devil used to be hiding and, and make me think backwards, I pulled that stronghold down. Now those thoughts Obey Christ, and as those thoughts, as I am fully persuaded now, what I ask for is already given to me. He says amen and amen. All the promises of God are yes, and in him they are all amen. So I don't have to beg him because before I read the promise, the answer was already. Again, we just thank you uh, for joining us here at LiveDeliverance.com on Blog Talk Radio. And uh, we give you the opportunity now to sow a seed into the ministry. 
So I just need for you to go ahead and be obedient. Go to the website, livedeliverance.com. Look for the Donate tab. And uh, sow a seed here. It's because of your um, offerings, free will gifts and offerings, and the tithing um, cyber uh, members that we have. It's, that's the way we stay on the air so that we can bring you uh, insight and information through revelation that will cause you to be able to win all of the time. So amen. So uh, until uh, next Monday when we can gather again, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you. May the Lord be gracious unto you and lift up his countenance upon you and give you his shalom. Until next time, love y'all. Be blessed.